Welcome to the 99 Celsius Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Quay. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode features my brother, Shaquan Haran. Shaquan is a certified public accountant and chef in the D.C. metro area. He obtained his bachelor's and master's degrees in accounting from Rutgers University. His laid-back nature, coupled with his ability to connect people, add in his culinary ability, and it's no wonder why he's gaining popularity in D.C. Food is the vehicle for his greater purpose, cultivating a positive experience. You can say he has a knack for an appetite for construction. Wine and dines, good times, and vibes that'll last a lifetime. Shaquan thrives when he has the opportunity to create a sense of community. Preparing a different type of nourishment, it's food for the soul, a goal that all are welcome to. Choosing life circumstances is not possible, but the choice on how to view your reality is. Quan has mastered this art like he has mastered his craft of culinary. He started his journey off in New Jersey. Adversity from growing up in a single-parent household never stifled his progress. In some cases, it made him stronger. Utilizing sustenance as a means for generating connection, constructing long-lasting memories that endure forever. And we back. Lucky 13, episode 13, man. This is going to be an honor and a wonderful episode. I'm really excited to get started today. I have a uh, a friend of mine and a chef here in the building, one of my favorite cooks, and uh, really looking forward to hearing about his journey. So with no further ado, would like to welcome the homie Shaquan Heron. AKA Chef Quan. What's going on, brother? Welcome to the 99 Celsius podcast. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro. Definitely How you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling good, man. How about you? Good, man. Happy Sunday, brother. Likewise. Hey, man. I got to say it right off the jump, bro. Um, you blessed us this morning with uh, with a meal, some chicken and waffles, and it was lovely, <laughs> bro. And Absolutely, man. I had to, bro. You want to come over here and talk about being a chef? Like, Yes, sir. Gotta be, I got to be able to stand by my product. Hey, man. And it's a it's a delectable product, man. <laughs> I'm glad so, you liked it, So, yeah, nah, it was real good, man. And um, just wanted to shout you out. And I appreciate that. It's my first time getting, like, you know, when I when I, I do the episodes, you know, people's um, domain or their space that they work in isn't normally something they can share like that. Mm-hmm. And so being able to come in and, you know, speaking about your, your craft and then having, like, the visual... Um, physical proof you got the of it. tangible it aspect of it too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, thank you, man. It was got dope. you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, how you feeling? I'm good, man. It's Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, had a good chill weekend. 
back to the grind tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, this Rona stuff sucks, but it is what it is at this point. Yeah. How you coping with the quarantine and and you know having to be indoors? Um, I mean, it's not it's not that bad. Like initially, it it was it was it was trash because you know I'm, I am a pretty social person. I like to go out and stuff, so that sucked. But I mean, it's just giving me more time to focus on doing stuff that I want to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't I don't mind it at this point. Like you know, I have a, a couple friends that I still see here and there. So you know. It's, I'm straight. Right. Yeah, man. And uh, I've actually noticed that as I've been watching your page. I, I think, I'm sure you've realized I've been commenting more and more and more yeah. as the quarantine has <laughs> been happening. I've noticed that. I, I feel like I used to see a lot of like your, you know, you would do um, whether you were actually cooking for an event or a group of people or even, I feel like some of it is probably practice, right? Like it's like you kind of just perfecting your craft. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I used to see a lot of that on the weekends. Um, but I feel like when the quarantine happened, I started seeing Monday, Tuesday, oh, yeah, Wednesday, yeah, yeah. like, you know, you meal after keep it meal. Now. I got time now. So. Yeah. Which is Definitely. dope. Um, and that's one of the ways this thing, obviously there's been impacts on people and we respect that and, uh, want to be sensitive to that. But I think one of the positive things that have come out of the pandemic is people being able to really hone in on their craft and their journey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I've been seeing you grinding, man. It's been inspiring for sure. <laughs> Appreciate you yeah. for, for recognizing that. But yeah, man, definitely, like you said, um, I'm blessed to still be able to work during this time. But obviously, you know, with the whole, you know, social distancing rules, like I'm home 100 percent of the time. Right. So it's now, you know, in between meetings and stuff like that, I could, you know, pull out the cutting board, chop up some stuff and, yeah. and get ready. And you know what I'm saying like being in the office, it's, it's not it, you, you, you want to make like this content, you know, that looks pretty, it's plated. All of that stuff takes time, mm. not just plating it, but just you know, the preparation and all of that. So just being able to work from home right now gives me that, that that extra bit of time that I need to, you know, keep the content flowing during the week and not just on the weekends anymore. That's real. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. You know, when <clears throat> when you got to think about creating content, I feel like digitally is usually the space that people think about, mm-hmm. you know, making flyers or making, um, you know, infographics and things of that sort. But, you know, Food is when you're a chef. Food is your content, and Absolutely. that's there's an extra layer of preparation and time that goes into the creation of that thing, and then plating it, and then ensuring that you have the right lighting and capturing and all of that. Because food is one of those things that even more so, I think, than anything else, aesthetics really matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, and so having to take all that time to do that, yeah, I, that's real. Mm-hmm. And that's something I feel like people don't think about when when they reflect on the journey. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a process to, yeah. to say the least. Man. Right. So we're going we to touch on the process um, and, you know, kind of understanding your journey on your road to being a chef, that the chef you are now and whatever's you know, you're looking to accomplish next in yep. that space. But before we do that, I always open and give context to how I met or know somebody that I bring onto the podcast. So we both went to Rutgers University mm-hmm. and I, we have some mutual friends. But I don't think that I had formally met you directly during our time in school. Mm-hmm. So I would hear a lot of like, Shaquan, Shaquan, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really know um, exactly who um, who you were. And it wasn't until uh, I moved to D.C., I want to say maybe it was like two years ago or so, mm-hmm. um, I had a homeboy that came to town and I think it was your birthday weekend. Yep. And so... He was like, yo, you know, I was hanging out with him and I think he reached out and he was like, yo, is it cool when Mark comes through? And you're like, yeah, no, no doubt. 
and uh, I came through, and you had a really crazy house no, not housewarming birthday party. Yeah, I think that and, was the um, the potluck. I yeah, had, right. Yeah, 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 it's the potluck, and bruh, I just met so many dope people. Some people actually that I still communicate with to mm-hmm. this day, um, and so that's that's something to say about you know I think your ability to create community mm-hmm. as well. You know, like. It's not just food. I feel like, you know, yes, it's a chef, but I think that there's an experience that comes along yeah. with it as well. And I think that that was my first introduction to that, even though it wasn't like, a, oh, I'm here to cook. You know what I mean? It was a potluck. But I think that was my first time getting that experience. Um, and so connecting with you there. And then I remember when the the um, potluck finished, you invited everybody up to your apartment. Mm-hmm. And so we came upstairs and I remember sitting down and just rapping and talking and I actually think we went out that night. And before we did, we sat down and it was like a group of fellas and we we had like real conversation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't know, it put me in a really unique space of introspection and also just respect of my constituents, like the people around me and realizing like, yo, this isn't no college stuff no more. Like, yeah, the, yeah I went to college <laughs> with all these dudes, but everybody's leveled up and like, the perspective that people were sharing on on life and you know what they were kind of how they were seeing things in the world around them and what they were dealing with was mad real Mm -hmm. and to have that aspect but then you know it it turns up at the end and then we go out and have a great night to me it was like that perfect blend of there's substance here but there's also people that we can connect with on a spiritual level so Um, just wanted to get that story, man. Yeah, thanks for refreshing my memory, man. Yeah. Like, I remember, <laughs> obviously, I remember the, uh, I know, that, I remember that was the first time you and I, like, first formally met. Like, I knew, I had heard of, heard, like, Mark, like, I know Marlon, you and Marlon was pretty close. Yes, obviously, sir. that's my line brother, so. Yeah. He and I are also very close, but I don't think we had ever, like, met each other, like you said, when yeah. we was actually on campus. So, I do remember that <clears throat> being, like, our first, like, real interaction with one with uh, one another. Um, but yeah, the uh, I don't remember. I, it, it was my birthday, so please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I was pretty pretty lit. Yeah. But it, I mean, it sounds it sounds it sounds about right. So yeah, that's that's usually how 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 nice with the with the fellas go. Yeah. Like it, it's a mix of both. Like mm-hmm. we could we 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 could do the the turn up stuff, but then we could also sit down and and, and break it down and and chop it up and, and just keep it hunted about life and, and what we want to do. And exactly. And so, so. Yeah, nah, that's real. And uh, and I've that's since been the case too, right? As that was obviously the beginning, but as time has gone on, we actually had the opportunity to travel to another country mm-hmm. and meet up out there in, uh, in Ghana this past December. And that was dope. We were talking about that before recording and um, being able to just share the same spaces and like take in culture and history and also be able to turn up out there as well. Exactly. So again, more of that same balance, which yep. I think is real dope. Real. Cool, man. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, give you a quick snapshot of the 99 Celsius podcast. It essentially uh, draws an analogy between the process of water heating up and the idea of people's lives heating up as they grow into a particular craft or space. And so the boiling point of water is 100 degrees Celsius. But the question I always pose to people is the thought of how you know when water is actually boiling. And of course, when it begins to hit that boiling point, you see bubbles. Mm -hmm. But 50 degrees before that, you really don't know. Mm -hmm. And so water at zero degrees and water at 50 degrees looks exactly the same visually. It's only until that water gets to 71 degrees Celsius that you begin to see really small bubbles. 
And the reason why that's peculiar to me is because the same way that that water is heating up and making progress incrementally, it's not obvious to the outside eye or to the person that's looking for a visual cue, but there's work and steps that are taking place behind the scenes before things just pop off like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's really similar to our everyday lives. There's so many people that navigate their careers or hobbies or new passion projects and it starts somewhere a long time ago before we even realize that's where it started mm -hmm. and there's a journey to get there whether we realize it or not there's small things that that may happen little nuggets that contribute to who we end up being and a lot of times people are looking for that visual cue mm -hmm. where's the where's the small bubbles right and uh, a lot of times because people aren't able to see the visual cue along the way when someone does make it it's like oh they made it out of nowhere where did yeah. this come from etc but the reality is that there's been a lot of time effort and energy going into just developing as a human and then uh sometimes somewhere along that way the craft begins to be injected into that journey and so uh with that said i always like to go all the way back to the beginning mm -hmm. and talk about what childhood was like for my guest just to get some context around the things that they were interested in and draw connections between things that may be in their character or in their journey that they may not even realize ends up impacting where they are today. Mm -hmm. So my question to you is when you think about some of your earliest memories, what was life like for you growing up? Where did you grow up? And just tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I grew up in, in Union, New Jersey. Um, I grew up uh, with my mother and my, my sister I uh, also lived with my grandparents, too. So, you know, I grew up, I was raised by, you know, both my mom, for the most part, and then both of my grandparents, I had them growing up. Um, life as a kid was, it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, like a typical boy, like I, I love sports. I love basketball. I love football. Um, I love family. I loved family events. Like I, I grew up in a pretty um, close-knit family. Um you know, everybody, for the most part, in my immediate family lived in, if not in Union, then one of the neighboring towns. So I saw my cousins a lot. Um, you know, we would do the, the typical stuff that kids do, just up to no good, riding, <laughs> riding bikes through the neighborhood, all of that. Um, yeah, like, like as, a, as a child, like it was it was it was cool um, as I, you know, got a little older, um, you know, I moved from Union to Westfield, New Jersey, um, which is also in Union County still. So that same connection that I had with my, my family, and you know, it never it never took a hit at all because, like I said, we were very big on holidays, birthdays, all of that. Anything that would bring people together over some good food, yeah. like, you would find me there. Mm. So, like, um, yeah, and, and, and I guess later in elementary school, middle school, I was living in, in Westfield, that's when I guess I got real big into like sports for the most part. I was playing football, like that was like the love of my life. I thought I was going to the NFL. Oh yeah? Yeah, man. Yeah. But obviously <laughs> <laughs> life happened and, and uh -huh. things didn't go as planned. But yeah, man. Um Were you pursuing that at any point? Like like really like like sometimes it's an aspiration, but it's like, you know, just kinda living life as it as it goes. But I think for some people, there's really the investment in, oh, I'm really trying to make it. Like, where did you lie on that spectrum of passion? Definitely on the lower end. Okay. Um, but I, I was also, I think at the point where I had like a, a quote unquote, like deep love for it. 
I was pretty young. Um, <clears throat> my, so, like I said, I lived, I always lived with, in a single parent household with my mom. My mom wasn't p- passionate about me playing football. She like liked that I played football, but she she didn't like, you know, like she she's not a fan of football, but okay. like she liked that I like football, so yeah. like she didn't want to take me out of it. Um, I had I grown up like let's say with my dad lived in my house and like he like you know wanted to push like my mom wasn't going to do that okay. so maybe living with my dad it could happen yeah but um yeah like I had like I loved it but like I don't think I you know worked hard to like really all right, yeah this is what I wanted to do for real for real like I'm gonna get me a scholarship go to like I wasn't like that what do you think it was about football that you really loved um couple things like the the brotherhood that comes with you know being in the locker room on the field with these boys every day it's like we practicing we we joking we cracking on each other yeah. like it's just like it's just fun like we having fun and then it gives you the the opportunity to to shine and, and show like your skills your hard work how serious you take this craft etc yeah it's interesting as I, I already you know I'm starting to hear like things that I, I still see true today with you um, the, this idea of community, right? Like you mentioned being around family early on in life and gathering around meals. And then you talk about football and the aspect of brotherhood, which is just another word for community. It's apparent to me that that seems to be something that's a core value to you. Would you say that that's true? 100%. Yeah. And um, in what other ways did you maybe see community begin to manifest itself for you in that childhood time period? Um, like, were you the one that, uh, initiated gatherings or, um, you know, did you, did you plan for the group to go places and things of that sort? Or like, what was the dynamic like amongst you and your friends? Uh, I mean, definitely like, so I had uh, growing up, I had on my, on my block, I had a, a, a basketball court that was like right in front of my house. Okay. So like my house would like always be, and it was a low basketball court so we could dunk on it too. <laughs> so, like, my house was always like we also lived on the same street as a park. Yeah. But like we talking a, a seven to eight foot rim versus a ten foot rim. Mm-hmm. Like we all little boys. Like we want to. I mean, we think yeah. we out here <laughs> between the legs yamming. So like we, everybody would come to like my house yeah. and 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 play on my court. But if we wanted to run like a full court game, then we would go down the street to the park. Right. But I guess that's that's another sense of like. You know, I want everybody, like, I'm essentially, we, we're not in the house, but I'm hosting everybody. Yeah. You know I mean, dunking on these little boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're you're almost like the glue, it sounds like, to some of the um, the different aspects of the people around you and, like, the, the groups that you were able to assemble, whether it was through sport or family or anything. Like, it was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of interacting with these different groups and bringing them together yeah. with enjoyment and such. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to take like full credit yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's like, when I was twelve years old. That's exactly what I want. Like, if it happened that way, then yeah, I think we it was a it it was a group thing. Like, we all were similar minded young boys. A lot of a lot of which I still keep in contact with today. Got my love for um, everybody I, I grew up with. Um, but yeah, I don't think I'm like the like the centerpiece. Yeah, of yeah, that, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Said. It was yeah. a part of just you know who you naturally were, and yeah. it just kind of manifested itself. Exactly. So you mentioned being in a single parent household, yeah. and so what was that like for you as you were growing up and beginning to form an identity? Um, I mean, it it wasn't like it. it I don't think it ever has a positive. Um, I mean, you could take that negative situation and turn it into a positive outcome, but like I don't think there was ever anything that like 
you know, while being raised in a single in a single uh, parent household that like I look to like, oh, I love this. Like, yeah, I love the relationship that I was able to build with my mother. Um, you know, that that relationship continues to get stronger literally every day. Uh, so if it's one thing, um, it, it enhanced that relationship. But like I saw my mother struggle at the same time. So like I hated that. Hmm. Like I hated I hated, you know, hearing my mom have to complain about bills and you know, child support, stuff like that. Like I just, it didn't, it didn't sit well with me um, growing up and I would see how like frustrated it would make her. And then that kind of like, it trickled into like everyday life to like for me and my sister and I too. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, it was, it wasn't the greatest, but you know, a negative situation, like I said, you could turn into a, a positive outcome. And I think, um, you know, my mom did an amazing job. Um, not to like <laughs> pat myself on the back, but you know, she did it. Like she, she did it. She did a good job, man. Yeah. Like, just knowing that the odds were were against her, um, you know, she put two kids through through college. Um, amazing human being. Love her for what she, everything she's done for my sister and I. And now my sister also has a niece, and my mom is you know super involved in her life as well. Um, so you know she she's a superwoman. Yeah, that's real. And were you, are you able to identify when you think back how you may have been feeling about some of the, maybe the absence that, um, that you had lived through during that time and, and being in a single parent household, you had the great relationship with your mother. Um, you know, how are you feeling emotionally at that time? Um, due to the fact that there was a parent that maybe you didn't, you weren't, you didn't have as much proximity to, um, I mean, like, like I said, emotionally, like I felt it. Like you felt when that when that parent isn't there, and then you got friends that, like, you know, they have both of their parents in their house. They do all these family trips, family stuff, where it's like, you know, you got your mother and your father figure that are all going on, <clears throat> going with you. Like you notice that. So as a kid, it's like, well, I want that too. Like, why can't I have that? Like, where did I go wrong? But you don't understand the dynamic of, you know, the situation that you know, separated your parents, mm. um, you know, once you, obviously now I'm, I'm older, I'm an adult, I understand, like, you know, how there could be tension between, you know, two people in a relationship, you know, you throw a kid in there, now it's like, you're not just talking about you and her, it's, we gotta think about, like, the, how the kid is gonna perceive this or whatever, so, like, emotionally, like, I, I, I felt the, I felt, like, the, the absence, um, but I didn't let it stop me from doing anything. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Did you have outlets or anything that you were able to to help push you through how you were feeling? Um, so my mom, my brother, I got two brothers as well. Um, my grandparents were like like my rocks, like both my grandmother and my grandfather, like they literally, if I'm ever going through anything, want to talk about anything, need anything, like they got me. My aunt, um, amazing. She was like you know, my, like my cousin, my older cousin growing up, like she was the youngest of all my, my mother's siblings. So like, I felt like we was like, not, we wasn't that close in age, but close <laughs> enough where I felt like we had like that, that kind of cousin to cousin relationship yeah. as opposed to aunt to, to nephew. Right. Um, but yeah, so my, my family, like, I don't, I don't think anybody uh, in my family, if I ever came to them about, you know, feeling bad about a specific situation that may be going on, whether it's, you know, the fact that my mom is, is doing this on her own or is this something that I'm going through with school, I don't think anybody in my family would ever not want to give me any kind of assistance that I needed. Right. And uh, on that subject of school, 
what was that like for you? Um, you know, were you the type of person that really enjoyed going to school? And, um, you know, what what role did that play for you? The academics play for you at that time of your life? Um, so I didn't I didn't I think the, the most fun part about or the part that I enjoyed going to school about the most was to be around people like it's like <laughs> it's like school is like it's like a so if, if anything it's like yeah you're gonna learn from in school you're gonna obviously um have to perform well to succeed however I feel like you know being just being around people like going to lunch like going to lunch in recess was like the most fun parts yeah. of my school where it's yeah, like yeah. everybody just wilding in the, in the cafeteria um but yeah, like not to say like I, I wasn't focused on school or anything too. Like I, I, as a child, I was like a pretty, pretty solid student. Um, oh, never had any, you know, academic issues. Right. Um, but yeah, I like I like the social aspect. That's real. And uh, as you navigate and you know, kind of matriculate into this high school time period, you know, is that does the same go for that as well? Like, where was it? Was the appeal of that time period? Um, you know, heavily social as well, social and football at that yeah, time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So tell me a little bit about that time in high school. And, um, you know, I'm curious to know in what ways, because I, th- I find high school to be that time where people are really starting, at least the first time in their life, are really beginning to create this identity. Like, this is yeah. who I am. And so I was curious to know, you know, as you're settling into this new space in high school, um, understanding what that dynamic has been like and who you began to identify as this is who Shaquan is. Yeah, so I think going to high school, this is like, you know, like you said, this is when you first start to form your identity. Like, you want to be, like, like the man, kind of. Like, everybody, <laughs> you know, these is where the, your egos is, is pushing through right now. Right. You're like, what, like 15, I guess, 14, 15, coming into high school. So, like, my freshman year of high school, like, I got my first job, like, Oh, wow. So now, like, I'm thinking, like, I want to get fresh. Like, I could buy my sneakers myself. I'm, <laughs> I'm independent now. Um, but, yeah, also still focusing on, on school as well as sports and stuff, just trying to be well-grounded. But, yeah, like you said, this is the time that you're going into just thinking, like, all right, like, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty much an adult. Like, I'm in my, you know, pushing my late teens now. Um, yeah, I'm trying to be, like, not, like, it's not a popularity contest, but, like, I want to be, like, yeah, I mean, I want to be somebody that everybody knows. Yeah. So. What was the first job? McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. What'd you think about it? I mean, it, it put a couple a couple of dollars in my in pocket. The, right. Like, you know, I was able to stack up like two or three checks and get one pair of sneakers. So like <laughs> back then I wasn't that was fine to me. Right. That was fine to me. But yeah, it was it was cool. Like, I mean, I was like one of the the only kids that had a job. Like nobody else wanted to work. I was, I was like, as soon as I turned 14. And I was able to get a job. I'm like, why? Like, I'm getting a job. Like, I'm going to make money for myself. And do you remember if there was any resistance towards that? Or was it, like, was it welcomed? Like, moms was like, yeah, that's cool. Oh, yeah, my mom supported it. Okay. 100%. That's cool. It kind of built some independence, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, working at such an early age and, like, beginning to take some responsibility yeah. for, yo, I want to I wanna have these clothes. And so I'm going to go earn it, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. no, it's, it's funny that you say was it was my mom pushing back. I think my mom wanted me to do, get a job. <laughs> I like I wanted to get a job when I turned forty, but I think she wanted wanted me to get a job just as much, just so you know I could start to build that like sense of ownership and responsibility That's at right. a young age. Like so, last year I went home for uh, for Mother's Day, and you know I'm spending it uh, spending the day with, with my with my mom and my sister or whatever. Um, 
And my mom, like, she's big into scrapbooking and, like, keeping memories of stuff, right? Yeah. So I'm flipping through this one scrapbook, and she literally has a pic. It's, like, not not even a picture. She has my name badge. Wow. <laughs> for when I worked at McDonald's. Like, oh, wow. this is, like, my first job. And it's my <laughs> name badge. I'm like, Where, how did you even get this? <laughs> so, like, I think that was, like, a like a monumental, like, event for yeah. her just as much as it was for me. Like, yeah. for her to, I don't know where she got that from, like. And she still has it to this day, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's powerful, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, just the idea of, like, capturing memory, memories, I think, is, you know, they'll, you, it's obviously relying on your, your mind is one thing, but, you know, the mind is fickle and, mm. you know, memories change over time depending on current circumstances and a bunch of other factors. But being able to have that documentation of it really speaks to... Um, how much, you know, it, it really shows the value of how someone cherishes those moments. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's really indicative of just the kind of woman that she was and the influence that she had um, on you in your life during that time and how much she appreciates, you know, the fact that you took that leap at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So how long did you work at McDonald's for? Um, I want to say like, so when I first, it was the summer, so I first got the job in the summer, um, then school started, and I had to slow down, like I couldn't work as much, so I want to say like maybe like a year, year and a half, Okay. because then I had to quit because I actually, I was I moved again, mm. like I went to two different high schools, Okay. Um, but yeah, I had to quit, but during the school year, I wasn't really working that much. So it was your sophomore year when you when you uh, had to move? After, right after my sophomore right year. Right after sophomore yeah. year, okay. So that first year, the identity piece is starting to pick up, you're like enjoying, you know, having your own money and taking responsibility for certain things that you want to manifest. Like yeah. you want clothes and all that. Um, socially, you're still connected and plugged in to people. Um, and then, you know, you come back for your sophomore year. Is it just more of the same during that time? Football, working, uh, and, you know, kind of having this independent independence about you? Um, yeah, so definitely the working aspect, um, I think I actually, sophomore year, I started to get a little bit more into like academia, just making sure, because this is the year that, you know, they, they start throwing the college words around, and it's right. like, I got to make sure I go to, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be still here yeah, like, yeah. after high school, um, so I'm trying like, you know, put myself in the best position to win, so I think, I was still playing football, but it definitely took like, it's I not like it. a full-blown like passion, like, I, I love it, but it's not like, at this point, like, I know I'm not going to the league to like, so... What I think, made that I think, click? I think, I think like, like uh, I would say, like, high school, like, probably late in middle school, early in high school, I, you know, I don't think I was trash at all, but, like, I just knew that, like, you know, I'm looking at, you know, <laughs> YouTube sensations, and it's like, <laughs> this dude, and me, like, right. <laughs> we're not the same. So, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, at that point, it was like, all right, let me start focusing on, like, I could have went that route to get to school, but I, I also know another guaranteed route is to do well in school, and that'll get me there, too. Yeah. And as academia becomes a passion of yours at that time, what do you I remember? I don't know if it was a passion. Okay. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a priority. <laughs> yeah, it was a priority. <laughs> <laughs> so as it became a priority for you during that time, what sticks out as far as where your interests were, where you were most interested in or invested in? Um, as far as, like, schoolwork and stuff? Yeah. Like, was um, there a particular subject that really fascinated uh, anything you? Anything math related. It was okay. Like, I actually like really like I was like a like a math nerd, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I really loved it. 
Because you're by training, you're an accountant. Yeah, yeah. Right, and we'll get yeah. to that. But yeah, yeah, so I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you really like math, um, and academia is really like, you know, um, becoming more important to you. Yep. And then the end of sophomore year happens, and you have to move. Yep. Okay. So t- walk me through that. Uh, what was behind the decision to move, and how are you feeling about it? Um. So, my mom had a house. She had bought a house in Westfield. Um. She, I mean, I, t- I honestly, to this day, you, I, I probably got to go and talk to her and ask why she had to sell the house because I don't 100% know, but she had to sell the house. She wanted to move, but she wanted to move to, like, another neighborhood that's compared, like, comparable to Westfield, having, like, a good education system, just some something that's going to help, um, you know, support my sister and I to, like, get to the next level and, you know, that that just be the, the building block or the foundation, Um um, so I don't know exactly. So I moved to Hillsborough, New Jersey and before oh, living yeah, there. I, I had Hillsborough. never even heard of Hillsborough. It's like, <laughs> we talking this country, it's, it's farms, it's cows, like we driving. So it's just one long road you got to get, you drive up to get into Hillsborough. And it's like, you literally on the street for like 10 minutes, right? <laughs> it's dark. It's like, where are you taking me right, right. now? Well, like, what is this? It's like, I'm like. And he finally get there. It's a mad nice town, like beautiful town, like pretty well off people that live there. Um, super cool, but it's country. Like mm-hmm. it's it wasn't it was a total culture shock for me. Yeah. So uh Union County, right? Yeah. Before that. And uh that what was the demographic like over there? As far as like like races though? Yeah. Um in the entire county or just Union? I guess where you lived in particular. Um so in Union, I would say Union is probably about like fifty to sixty percent like black. Okay. Um, Westfield was like the other town that I lived in is is like eighty ninety percent black. I mean, I'm sorry, eighty to ninety percent white. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this is where this is where you are now, right? After yeah, sophomore yeah. year. Well, or, so where Westfield was earlier. So Westfield was Union. Uh huh. Then Westfield, and then Hillsboro. Okay. So and you went from Westfield, which was white, but um, it wasn't country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It wasn't country. Got it. And real quick, before we, we touch on Hillsborough, um, was there, how was it adapting to the demographic change getting to Westfield after coming from Union? Um, so it wasn't, I don't think it was hard because like, it's not like uh, Union was like, like a predominantly, I will, I guess for, if it's over 50%, then I guess it's predominantly, but um, it's like I, like I had like, friends of other races in union so okay. like it's not like i was just only familiar with hanging out with like uh people of color like i knew like white people spanish people asian people all of that so yes it was a little bit of a change going into a, like a predominantly like white town like that but you know i'm a personable person I right could, i could be friends and make friends with anybody yeah okay and so now uh you're going from uh westfield to hillsborough and that's a culture change for you, but that's more so because of what it's like from an environmental standpoint. Yeah, and it's just like you're in the middle of nowhere, um, living in like Union and Westfield for the most part. Like, obviously, I was super young. I never needed a car for anything. I could ride my bike everywhere um, or walk. Um, but moving to Hillsborough, it was where you need a it wasn't car. Like, that. <laughs> like, <laughs> and luckily, I live. I live there. Like. At the point where I live there, like I said, like I'm now a, a junior in high school. I'm in 11th grade, so 
like your friends typically are driving like everybody not everybody but people have cars so you don't gotta really worry about it but i couldn't bro being in like like middle school there like you're gonna be walking for days right there's no corner stores it's no like the closest pizza shop or something like there's no chicken shack like nothing like yeah you you gotta get in a car and drive bro and it it was literally in the middle of nowhere like i said like it was like on an island bro like when you drive up that one (laughs) i'll never forget that first drive up that street right that that joint was crazy so do you warm up to Hillsboro at all when you're there? Are you like, oh, okay, I'm I'm feeling this now? Or is it kind of always, uh, eh? Uh, the latter. Yeah? Yeah, Okay. And does your family still reside there now? No. Okay. No. So you guys moved out there. Yeah. So uh, now that you're at Hillsboro High School, what's the life like for you then? Junior year is, we know, a big year in high school, especially given that college is on your radar now. Um, you know that you definitely want to do that. And so what was that junior year like? Um, so it was like, it was, it was hard adjusting at first. Um, it was definitely hard adjusting. Like, like I, so I was still playing football at the time, but like me coming from a whole different school as a junior, they don't know me at all as a player. Right. Like, it's like you've already built relationships with, you know, all of your sophomores, juniors and seniors at this point. Like, and then here comes this new guy thinking that, he about to get burned. Like. <laughs> it wasn't so like it wasn't that that easy as far as football. It wasn't easy. Um, like I said, like it was far. Now I'm like far away from like you know at this point, um, my brother is probably like my best friend in life. Um, neither one of us like we both like I guess fi- either 15 or 16 at the time. Neither one of us drove. So like you know when I lived in Westfield, he lived in Plainfield, and I could literally ride my bike to his house in Westfield. Mm. So like I would see him all the time. Yeah. Now I'm not seeing him no more. Um, I clo- like none of my closest friends because I live in the middle of nowhere. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that, it was hard getting adjusted. But like it's it's even though it's a country, it's like like a real country town. It's like the people there are pretty cool. Um, like a lot of turn up people. Like they like to like. Oh, uh, it was like that. Yeah, okay. it was like. But like, were you partaking? Uh, eventually. Well, okay. Eventually. Okay. Uh, but it was like a different kind of turn up. Like they talk about like, oh, let's go to a bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, I'm here so. <laughs> Might as well. But yeah, nah. So, but I actually made made some really good friends out there. Some of which I still like, literally talk to every day. Yeah. Because a couple of them live here in DC too. Oh, okay, so, dope. like, we got super cool. Um, like the the black community in Hillsboro was like pretty pretty tight knit. Everybody was cool. Everybody like know each other, families and stuff like that. So, it was cool. Um, as you round out the end of high school. Um, you know, what, what sticks out to you? Like, was there anything in particular that you're like, wow, that's, those are some really good memories or that's one thing I really appreciate about this time of life? Honestly, I think it would be like, so like, like I said, like they, it was a very turn up town. Like it, like in high school, like, like I was going to like project X style parties, like oh, as wow. a like junior and senior, it was like kind of like yeah. crazy. Like, yeah. Still like very focused on school. Like. David, my academics never took a, a hit, but like it was like I was I was like getting lit as <laughs> <was> like a <laughs> junior in high school with some like wild white boys. <laughs> right. And it was it was pretty crazy. Like Bro. One thing you mentioned I actually wanted to ask about was your relationship with your brother. Yeah. And you talked about how you moved to this new part of town and or this new town and not having that proximity to family. And early on in the interview 
he talked about the value of family and how important it was to have that community and tribe around you. How did you deal with that new change of not having the same uh, community around you or having that immediate access? I mean, you try and stay in contact as much as you can. Um, Like, you know, we all had cell phones at this at this point in our life, so obviously we texting back and forth, talking on the phone a lot. Um, no FaceTime at this point in life yet, but we did have MySpace, um, so I made sure my brother was always, you know, you got your your top eight, like, my brother's always the number one, like, nobody coming for that spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's Brody right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just as, just, you know, as much as you can, just stay in contact with each other, just like it is now. It's like, obviously technology is a little bit better for us and it's like we're a, a, a bit more enabled um but you know it's not like we didn't have phones or any any way of communicating yeah the, the tangible aspect of like seeing him or my whole family at, at that matter um it wasn't there anymore just being so far away but you know i did you know stay as connected as i as i could just simple text simple phone call yeah you know was it hard? Like, what, do you remember there being any frustration or like being like, "Mom, I want to go back." Like, so initially, yeah, yeah. When I first got there, yeah, because I didn't have friends. Like, I moved to Hillsborough. I literally knew not a single person. I think people embraced me like, like pretty, like quickly. Like, they were pretty open to like letting me in. But still, at the same time, it's like I don't know you people. Like, mm-hmm. I appreciate that you guys are willing to like, you know, accept me into your your friend group. But like, it's. <laughs> Y'all not my friend. Like, I didn't grow up with you. <laughs> yeah. But eventually it did get to that point where, like, now I'm more comfortable. Now, ah, we lit, like, ah, it's lit, like, come on. We, right. Yeah, like, yeah. So, I think initially, yeah, it was like, like, what are we doing here? Like, take me, like. All right. I'm trying to go like, back. Yeah. Yeah. So, how did you uh, land on Rutgers? Um, so, I actually, I went to Penn State my freshman year. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, how did you land there first? Um. Uh, just so my mom was very involved in the in the process like, <laughs> she wanted me to go to a good school I wanted to go to a, a good school that had like good sports good um like school spirit just you know the, the scene all of that like but at this and, time for you 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 want that to be a spectator or were there thoughts about maybe I'll try out when I'm there wait what do you mean so you talked about uh, you wanted to go to a school that had that was good in sports. Oh yeah, yeah, just to be like a because you know that just it just enhances the college experience. Not to be like an athlete, okay. but like to yeah, like my bad, be a spectator. Yeah, like you said. Right, cool. <laughs> uh, so she she was involved in the process, and mm-hmm. you wanted those aspects, and so Penn State seemed like the best choice. Or yeah, so I wanted to go somewhere that was like away, but then also you know whenever I needed to come home, I could bounce back and and get back to Jersey. With no problem. Okay. And so you do how many years there? One? Just one. What happened? Um, situation I had got into, can't really, I don't really want to go into the specifics of it, but yeah. I had to, I, it was just, it was just better for me to, to just come home. Okay. Um, yeah, for, it was just, it was just, yeah. you know, it just made, it made sense for me to, to come back. The time I spent at Penn State was amazing. Like, I love that school. Did well. My, my, I think my freshman year was actually my best, like oh, wow. performing academic year out of all the year, years. I said years, like I did bad years of college, but <laughs> all, all years, my undergrad. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I came came to Rutgers. Uh, it was close to home. Um, lived on campus. It was 
it was fun, obviously. And was at that time when you knew that you were going to be coming back, was Rutgers just one of the of many schools that were kind of on a list you were like, maybe I can go here or transfer there? Or was it like, I know I want to go to Rutgers? Rutgers was the only school I okay. was going to go to in Jersey. Yeah. Okay. So you decide on Rutgers, and at this point, I don't know if in freshman year at Penn State, had you already declared your major, or did you know what you wanted to do, or do you discover that at Rutgers? Um, no, so not yet. I didn't know. I knew I wanted to be in the business school, but Penn State was very similar to Rutgers in terms of, um, like, you don't get into the business school. I think now it's a little bit different, but back then, like, you didn't get into the business school until your uh, your junior year. Okay. So coming into to Rutgers, I still knew I wanted to get into business school. And my sophomore year, which I would be doing at Rutgers, will be like the deciding factor of whether or not I get in. Okay, cool. And how did you know business school was where you wanted to be at? Um, I mean, like I just, you know, associated being in business with like being a hustler. Like, you know, ever since I was like, I, like I'm always been trying. You know what I mean, ever since I could work, I would get a job. Uh, I was big into like getting sneakers and, and trying to flip them if I could, like selling okay. stuff on eBay, stuff like that. Just trying to, you know I mean, just make a dollar. And I just, you know, associated that with like being like, you know, and maybe I didn't know what a businessman was. Yeah. But to me, a businessman was just somebody who's going out and he hustling and getting money and, you know, in a, I say in a legal way, in a legal way. <laughs> <laughs> so the entrepreneurial spirit was always... Always kind of were tied into that hustling piece and, you know, wanting to make bread and being a businessman. Um, and so you pursue that in this sophomore year and do things go well with the business school? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So I got in. And at that point, like when you first get into the business school, you have to declare a major. Um, so I got accepted and just off bat, like, you know, you, you don't have many options to choose from in business school. It's like finance, accounting supply chain, like management, um, I think maybe one or two other ones. Um, but I'm like, I'm a numbers guy. I've always been like, you know, I took a liking for math at a young age. So I actually didn't really have any um, knowledge of what accounting was. I had taken one accounting class, but it was the most basic accounting class I ever took. I'm like, why not? Yeah. And that class was sophomore year as well? Yeah, that was my sophomore year. Okay. That was the classes you needed to take to get into the business school. Um, hey, why not just major in accounting? Dope. That's real cool that you ended up landing there. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's a space I think that um, there's a lot of wealth opportunity there. And mm -hmm. I think that being about the numbers and learning about money um, and really understanding income sheets and taxes and all mm -hmm. those kind of things um, is so important for the understanding and the foundation to create wealth. Mm -hmm. um, obviously understanding how the business works, but then even for your personal finance and being able to then bestow that that knowledge onto those around you, um, helping people understand how the things like that work. So um, it sounds like a happy coincidence. Like you knew you were about numbers and you're like, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, but well. I think, you know, in many ways kind of set you up for a career that, you know, has, has very much so been um, successful and has, I think, opened up your further opened up your interest in entrepreneurial endeavors. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Definitely, so, it, it helped build, like, the foundation, groundwork, like you said, just knowing, like, how these financial statements and stuff work and then being able to, like, what I, th what I like best about that is being able to, like, as I start to do stuff on my own now, apply that knowledge that I'm learning, like, you know, uh, the stuff I learned in school, like, CPA exam, all of that stuff, 
at work and then now like apply that those same like soft skills or fundamentals to like getting my own stuff like, yeah. off the ground. So yeah. Definitely, definitely a positive there. And do you remember during this time as you're, you know, cause obviously college is so many, there's so many experiences going on in the space at once. So one thing is setting yourself up for whatever's next in life, professionally, academically, et cetera. But then the other piece is like, you know, in many ways establishing lifelong friendships and mm. truly growing into like this identity as far as this is what I want to go do out into the world. Um, and not just maybe for this, sometimes it's temporary and it's for a year or two or whatever is filling your cup at that time. But a lot of times it's, this is who I am. And so, um, as that professional piece is happening on the side, what's going on with you, um, in the world around, around you, as far as your social life and, uh, passion projects and things that you may have been interested in on campus. Um, so social life was like, that was, (laughs) it's so funny that we talk about this right now. Cause Last night we were talking about we were talking in a, in a group chat about how um, like college like students are like suing universities now for not uh, for charging them like the full tuition costs right. you know given like what's going on with COVID and them not being able to you know even be on campus and so forth and then schools are also planning on charging you know not reducing tuition for like incoming you know that's when crazy the fall to uh, twenty twenty uh, once that starts and everything is virtual they're talking about still like. Pay, like you got to pay the full price right and we're like like a lot of that that money that and all of us agreed that like a lot of that money that we paid for tuition like most of that yeah we we went to school but a lot of that was like attributable to the social aspect of school like yeah. i don't really like it's funny one of my boys literally like i'll pull it up i think it's way too many texts <laughs> he's like i don't remember that the the you know the point I wrote about any paper or a specific <laughs> assignment that I did right, but what I do remember is like the link ups at Livy Dining Hall right. or like how trash College Ave Dining Hall was, <laughs> and like just like the college at like I mean the, the student center parties like right. that's the stuff I remember. But Real. like yeah, we did good in school, but like we don't I don't remember like so it's crazy that they're trying to charge me like like that's like me like no I'm not like I'm I'm paying for this opportunity to be around you know, and like other people and bring me around people that's going to build like lifetime, like bonds and, and, and friendships and brotherhoods with. Yeah. So that's yeah. real, bro. Um, it's highway robbery for real, for bro, real. That's crazy. Yeah. The foundational aspect. Like, I feel like that's why people go to stay on campus. Exactly. You know, not be, not to be closer to the professor. Exactly. <laughs> it's definitely to build relationships yeah. and like, and vibe out. So, um, so socially things were really good for you and you were enjoying that aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you do you have an affinity towards anything at that point? Is there anything that's like, wow, I'm really interested in this in life? Um, this is like when I first got to Rutgers, yeah, or like just during my year. time. Um, yeah. I was interested in joining fraternity. Years. Like, okay, that's something I was like, you know, I might see what's. And you like did that. that, yeah, and I did, yep. yeah. Um, what are your last couple of the last two years of school in college like? So it was it was intense, hmm. like. Once you're in the business school, like you're in the business school, like right. that, it's it's no longer no joke. Like you actually taking real classes. Um, like you got a set cohort for you, so like they they set up your your schedule. Like you're able to pick the times, but like each each semester, like you have to take, you know, I think like three or four classes that you have to take, and then you may have wiggle room for an elective or two. But yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty rigorous. Yeah. Um, it was rough. It was rough. Were you enjoying it? Um, no, 
No. <laughs> the, like the the school aspect, like no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, looking back, like yeah, it helped, but like right. in the moment, absolutely not. Did it feel like you were doing the right thing though? Like, was it like, man, I, I'm, this is getting on my nerves, but I know that I do want to be an accountant, or yeah. like, was there any doubt, any kind of wavering, like maybe I should do something else? So I I, I viewed it as like a, a transitionary period where like. You know, you're now going to be, like, challenged for real, for real, the first time in your life from a... Of course, you're going to have challenges, all kinds of challenges thrown at you your whole life. Yeah. But from, like, a school perspective, like, academic perspective, this is the first time that I was really, like, challenged. And as you go into, like, the professional environment and, you know, you're working at, you know, big-time corporations, you're challenged every single day. So I, I viewed it, and I could look at it now and see that, you know, that's exactly what that was preparing me for. Um Teachers would try and tell us back then that that's what it was too. It's like, you know, once you start working, you like, like it's not going to be, it's not easy. You're not just coming to work, you yeah. know, clocking in, <laughs> getting paychecking. Nah, like, you really go to work. Like this, this is going to be everyday life for you. Yeah. And that, that was real. Like, so yeah, I didn't like it, but it, 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 if anything, it, it, it helped me, you know what I mean? Get right for where I'm at now. Yeah. So after you graduate, what was the first thing that you you ended up doing? Like, what was the next move? So I wanted to get a CPA license. Okay. Um, so that's like the normal trajectory for somebody who graduates with an undergraduate accounting degree. So as soon as you're done with that, um, depending on, so like there's a, a, a credit requirement for a CPA. So you actually have to have. Oh. 150 credits as opposed to Oh, sorry, bro. You know what I thought? I was like, like a credit what? check? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like that is mad. You gotta have a 750. <laughs> it's like, let me see what you really know about money. Right? <laughs> okay. No, a credit, like a credit hour yeah, yeah, requirement. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, you need 150. I only graduated with like 120 something. So, I decided to go rather than, it's crazy because like to get to the 150, it doesn't even have to be like those incremental like 20 or 30 credits that you need, they don't even have to be accounting related. It could be, you could take a, a gym class at a community okay. college, right? Wow. Like, so, but rather than like wasting bread on stuff that, you know, wouldn't, I couldn't apply. Yeah. Um, I just got a master's degree in accounting. So I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Did so. you do at Rutgers? Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Okay. So I did, they have this, uh, like for that reason, they do this, like it's called an accelerated program. So it's only a 30 credit master's. Um, half of it's online, half of it's in person. But it's, it's for getting you that extra 30 credits so you could sit for the CPA exam. So I did that right at, like, literally, I graduated, let's say, on Friday, Monday, I was back at school. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. It's kind of cool to just have gotten it done, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. For sure. Sometimes those things just, I feel like, linger and just, like, sit. They kind of hover over people's head. Yeah. It's like, all right, hey, you need 30 more credits. And it's like, when you take a break, then, like, kind of sitting in that break mm-hmm. and you don't want to go back. I feel like the fact that you just... Write that in there. Let's just do it. Yeah. You got it done, and, like, that's that. Yep. Uh, do you see any more schooling for you in your future, or you, you're done? Yeah, I'm done with it. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Cool. Um, so you get the the CPA. Yep. And what happens next? Uh, then I got my first, like, job at a big firm after that, and <laughs> I feel like I was like, dude, right now I'm just like a robot right now. <laughs> I've been here ever since. Like, damn. <laughs> Has it been good? I signed my life away. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's been it's it's at its ups and its downs, Mm -hmm. like just with any job. Yeah. It's a job. Yeah. What do you really enjoy about it? The paychecks. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel that. I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's why I'm here, man. Like, <laughs> that's real. It's not really much else that I come here for. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've met a lot of cool, dope people, um, whether it's, you know, people I work with or it's, um, you know, like clients that I work, you know, people that I met through that work at the clients that I work or, you know, if I attend like a networking event for work, you know, a lot of um, the firms are connected. So you get to meet people. Um across other firms so yeah. definitely the people paychecks to the people yeah yeah so um i'm curious to know you know at what point you know at, it's through your working journey cause this, the chef piece started as you were working full-time right mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about that how did that get started and you know if you had to try to identify maybe even before it actually got started if there was like a, a hint or a glimpse that this may be something of interest you know, how did it all start? Oh, uh, so, I mean, like, you got to eat. So, like, <laughs> I feel like I've, <laughs> I've always been, not always, but, like, I, you know, like, I would say once I came to Rutgers and I lived in my first apartment, like, I had a kitchen. Like, you know, I'm about to, like, try and start cooking. Like, why not? Like, yeah. Um, so I would cook for myself. Like, obviously, it wasn't anything crazy. I'm just doing some simple spaghetti and stuff. But this is actually my first time where, like, you know, I'm going out, going to the grocery stores, buying my own groceries, and then cooking myself. Before that, like, my mom is, is like, I'm, yeah, I'll go to the grocery store with my mom, but I'm not going to the grocery store, like, by myself. Like, right. <laughs> for what? <laughs> <laughs> I might help out in the kitchen. Like, when I was younger, like, living at home, like, I would help out. Like, I would offer to, like help out like my mom like one thing I always love to do is mad weird is I, I love to peel potatoes like oh, okay so like I'll always be in the kitchen peeling potatoes yeah. for my mom and, um, and you enjoyed just yeah, being yeah. in the kitchen helping yeah dope yeah for like simple stuff like that she wouldn't yeah. let me touch nothing with fire <laughs> <laughs> you ain't about to mess this up yeah nah nah nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> you could just get the prep work done yeah uh, as I got older like you know if she wanted need me to cut something up like I think my biggest why like I was like a professional potato peeler. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you graduate into to like starting to prepare meals? So I think um, like I said I started cooking for myself for the first time for real for real when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know throughout college like I said, um, like the social aspect was like pretty big. So like I would host people like so. Oh, you were doing that in college. Yeah, so it's parties and stuff like. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, so I was but like, with food, was, not like wild, uh, not uh, wild, yeah, yeah. but like simple, like fried chicken wings, some barbecue hey, chicken wings, yeah, like yeah. yeah, like. Hey man, that's a big deal because yeah. I feel like a lot of times in college, a lot of that stuff, like people just go buy it. You know oh yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. No, nah, so, we was definitely, we was definitely cooking. Like yeah. once I lived in like a house, house, like we was definitely cooking. It's dope. Yeah, not like it's not like I, I would say it's nothing comparable to what I do now, <laughs> but like, you know, if we had like you know some guests over or whatever, like. It's nothing that makes them like I will always make like barbecue chicken wings. Okay. Like, it's always or fried chicken wings. Yeah. Um So that was the start. Yeah. Okay. But and that then, was at that time it just I'm sure it just felt like there's they're just hosting people. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm like, oh like I'm the best chef in town. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. nah, not nothing like that. Um I would think once I graduated and I moved back to so after I graduated I moved back to Union. I was living um back in Union again. Had to get out of Hillsborough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, at that point, like, you know, now I'm, I'm definitely like interested in, in, you know, different seasonings and and flavor profiles. So my grandfather, my grandfather, he was always like the chef in the house. So like, I always looked at him 
for like advice and and questions and when cooking stuff and how you know how tos and stuff like that. So he would always help me out and him being there, like you know if if he made something that I didn't necessarily wanted to eat or if I just wanted to make something myself, I would. We had bought like uh, um. Oh, not wait. They, my grandfather bought a new grill for the house. So, like, when he bought the new grill, like, I, I viewed it as mine. So, I'm like, oh, now I'm putting this thing to use. Yeah. Like, that got me super excited. So, that summer, like, I was always out there on the grill just, you know, just trying stuff. Um, I think not until, like, you know, I always wanted my own kitchen, right? Like, I always wanted, like, that's just something that, you know, like, I, I had before then I had never lived by myself. Um, I was like, once I live by myself, like, I, I really know, like, I'm a really, like, start cooking a lot more because like mm. you know when you live with other people and um it's just for me at least like I like to be in the kitchen in my own space like with you know I know where every plate is at I know where every single season is is right where I left it right I know that when I start cooking it's not gonna be no dishes in the sink like it's I know it's it's super like it might be petty or something <laughs> but like, it's, just, it's just how I like you know when I go into the kitchen and start cooking it's just like yeah you know that's just you know what I expect or what yeah. I want but, um, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because as I think about any kind of art, right? You got your painters and your drawers and you got your uh, writers and musicians and all these people in their element, they identify workspaces that are conducive to them being productive, mm-hmm. right? And I think culinary arts is the same thing. So it makes sense that it, it's almost like you needed your studio space to kind of be uh, conducive for for you to be most effective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, I guess when I when I moved out here, um, at first time living by myself, um, now I'm like, like really in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I got But you're eat. enjoying it as a hobby at this point? Yeah, it's a hobby. It's okay. a hobby. Um, I mean, even right now, I still I still would consider it a hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking, like definitely hosting a lot more people. Now I'm like really cooking, cooking, like, not just making jerk, I mean, uh, barbecue wings. Now we, we trying some Asian, Asian Thai chilies. Like yeah, we yeah. getting freaky with it now. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, man. So, you know, I, uh, was cooking, uh, you know, Instagram stories had like, you know, came out at this point. So like, I'm not really posting stuff on my page. Actually, I never really posted nothing on my like actual page. Um, I would just post stuff to like my story or whatever. And a lot of people would just always comment, like, yo, this is lit. Like, you yeah. made this? You made this? Like, yeah, yeah like, I made it, yeah. Like, <laughs> so uh, one of my frat brothers, um, actually, he's from, from Jersey as well, but he went to, uh, he went to Kane. Um, he had, like, he, I mean, he's a, like, super lit chef. Like, mm. a lot of, like, inspiration comes from him. Like, recipe, like, he's lit. Um, so he's like, bro, like, like you should, like, because he had, he had a chef page at the time already, yeah. too. Like, a, a separate Instagram where he posted all his stuff. He was like, yo, you should do the same thing. Like, your stuff, your, your, your content is actually, like, kind of fire. Right. Like, you should do it. I'm like, ah, nah, nah. Like, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't there yet because, like, yeah. I don't really want, you know what I mean, like, put myself out there as, like, you know, I'm just, I'm I'm an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a chef. You're a numbers guy that makes yeah, food. <laughs> exactly. So, he's like, nah, bro, I'm telling you, like, it would be lit. So, I, I, I listened to him, a couple of other people that gave me suggestions, and I just waited till like, I had, like, 12 i literally waited till i had 12 pictures so that when i started the page full grid it's just full yeah so like <laughs> i'm like all right we gonna let it rip now yeah and then after that man it's just you know it's something that i actually enjoy doing like i find like like peace in it like it's it, it's it's just it's a fun process for me um like 
take my mind off whatever I'm going through at any given time and just cook. Um, you know, I think we, we've tied the social aspect of, you know, everything across all walks of life of me into that. And I think that this ties right back into it as well. Like, um, you know, me being a social person, I think, you know, one of the biggest things or the enjoyments I take away from cooking is just like the camaraderie that it brings and just bringing people together over a good meal, um, you know, laughing up, you know, everybody, we live in the digital era now where somebody, as soon as you, you're going to eat with your eyes first, right? So as soon as that plate comes out, like you're taking yeah. a picture of it, you're going to throw it on your page, you're going to promote. And I mean, that's, that's like one of the, like the, the biggest takeaways or enjoyments that, that I get in the, in the whole cooking thing. And, you know, when I have friends come over, like, and I'm making something simple, like I always want it to look nice, like just in case, like you might want to take a picture, right. like, you know, and I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just always do that. Like I don't know. It's just it's just something I like doing. It's yeah. fun. Like I never worked in a restaurant before in my life. Oh wow! Uh, other than McDonald's, maybe yeah. when I worked at McDonald's, like I wasn't, I wasn't like I was too young to be in the kitchen. So like I was working like the drive-through or the French fries. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that. Um, but yeah, man, it's just it's just something I like really enjoy doing. Did you uh, have any frustrations at any point, like as you, whether it's like building out content or? Maybe you envision this meal that you really want to make, but it doesn't come out the way you want. Like, mm -hmm. do you recall having any of those kind of hurdles? And, you know, what position mentally did it put you in? Uh, I mean, I feel like that's, that happens all the time. Um, like, you, 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 you think about how you're going, like, how you want something to come out, whether it's, like, look or taste, and it, it doesn't quite get there. But at the end of the day, like, I'm cooking in a house for myself or for a couple of people, so, like, it's, yeah, I'm not, like I'm not like on um, Top Chef or yeah. <laughs> something where somebody's gonna take my plate and throw it against the wall. Like, I got time to fix it. Like I'm not yeah. under pressure. Like, like I don't like I don't I don't really like to feel pressure in the kitchen. Um, obviously, there's times where you know I've done events before and uh, you know we we felt pressure. So I guess it's I'll, I'll give you one time where I was super frustrated. Okay. Actually, so we the first event I ever did right. Um, did it in my old apartment building. Um, so like what we wanted it to be was like a, it was like a, a private dining experience for, um, I think we did it for like 35 people or so. Um, had planned it, everything out to the T. Uh, the only thing was like the area which we were cooking in, it didn't have a kitchen. <clears throat> so what we did is invested in these, uh, electric like burners, electric stovetop burners. And like, literally turned this, the same room where I had that potluck where yeah. I met you is where we did this. Okay. So like we turned that room into a restaurant. Wow. So we had like six burners going, we had like two deep fryers and we had um, like an electric griddle or something. Um, bro, we like, we, and we had been planning this stuff. So like, this is actually when my boy, the, the other chef, his name is JR. When he gassed me to get the uh, Instagram page, it, it was like leading up, like, yo, we should do an event. And like, he's like wow. gung ho about this. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I never cooked for, like, I never cooked for a group of people in my life. Like, yeah. chill out. Yeah. Yeah, like, but he's like, nah, bro, like, I'm telling you, you're gonna be good. Like, I'm like, yo, I've never made, like, like, we talking about making 30 plates right now, bro. I never made more than like two or three plates <laughs> like yeah i've made food and like cake like and people just picked it out of a pan but like yeah. you're telling me to plate 35 plates bro right. like son like so like it was definitely a challenge for me like it but it also like it opened me up to like yo i think i could i, I probably could actually do this like mm. let's let's try it so 
we we he's like I said, he that that dude is crazy. <laughs> he is like super excited about this. Like, but he had done this before. Like, he had done events and stuff. So like, I trusted him. Um, so we get we get in, bro. I'm like I'm feeling it now. We like it's like everybody's in the same room. So like it's it's like we in like the corner of the room and the, the tables are off to the side or whatever. Um, so like if they wanted to come over and watch us cook, like we actually wanted to be that. Like that's the the kind of vibe that we was going for, where it's like yo, you actually seeing like the process of, you know, us preparing it, then plating it, and then serving it, all of that. Um, man, we get we start to make the appetizers, bro. First app, first run, like you know, we we did like a, a complimentary toast for everybody. So we go out, gave everybody a, a glass of champagne, um, thanked everybody for coming, uh, then go back to our stations, bro. Boom, electricity out. Oh, electricity! Y'all blew out. a fuse. We blew a fuse because of all the sh- the stuff we had, bro. Like, I'm like, no way. So now I'm like, oh, what? The-? Mind you, everybody paid for this event. Like, we gotta make sure that they get like their food, like right. their meals. But we have no means of cooking it. So I'm like, dang. Like, what do we do? Like, so we had to think like quick. Like, mm-hmm. and within ten minutes, like we had to move everything from this area upstairs to my boy Mike's apartment. Wow. Mind you, like, Mike's apartment is, like, the size of this apartment. Right. So, like, it's not a huge apartment. Um, and we talking about cooking for, like, and not just people, cooking, right? like, like catering. We talking about, like, plating meals for 30 people. He also lives on the 14th floor <laughs> in the total opposite side of the building. So now y'all so carrying now, all this stuff. Now we got to carry all this stuff up. But then also, once we plate their food, we got to carry it all, but we got to carry it down. Oh when you gosh. talk about, bro, I, that was one day that I just cannot wait for it to be over. I don't think I've ever experienced a day where it's like, can we just fast, like, fast forward through this right now? Like, yeah. Like, it was so, it was so stressful, bro, but it, in, a, in the end, like, I'm not going to say it was like, I think it was, it was a lot of my friends that came out support, so obviously they going to show love, but if it was people that didn't know me, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they would have killed me, bro. Like, um... But yeah, man, it was it was definitely a lesson learned to say the least. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's funny you said that. Um, a few things really stick out. One one thing I've also had issues with fuses. Um, so when you said that, I really it hit me in a different kind of way. Um, we had done an event for Splatter. It was kind of a very similar situation. It was our first major one we were yeah. going to be doing. Um, but it was with a lot. Of, it was in Jersey, so we mm. did like a hometown one before we did one in DC. And we did it in Jersey, so a bunch of people from Rutgers and friends and all that came out. Um, and we we knew that the style in which you paint at this thing, like we needed to find a way to dry these yeah. canvases, right? Like we, we couldn't just give you your canvas back. It would be soaked and dripping in mm-hmm. paint. So we, we found these these lamps that are meant to, to um, dry cars. They're yeah. curing lamps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, oh, this should be good. So we get like four of them. Now these are like very heavy duty, very powerful lamps because they drive cars. We got four of them, and we're in this loft space in uh, in Highland Park, and I'm pretty sure that all of the outlets were running through the same circuit, and they they were different actual outlets, but they were all running through yeah, the yeah. same breaker. So we had them plugged in separately. Events going blah blah blah. All of a sudden. It's like, and mind you, it's a, it's a loft, so it's super sunny, yeah. right? So that's our source of light. 
So a fuse blows, you don't really realize. So the paintings are under the the um, the uh, heaters, but other than that, like I mean, we're not going to keep putting our hand at it to make sure it's still hot. Yeah, yeah. So those joints go out. The, re- the way we realized was that it started to get mad hot in the in the room, and it's like, yo, is the air out? Like, what's going on? Found out we blew a fuse. Yeah. And it, it, we couldn't, like, we went to go talk to the owner, like, he, he turned it back on, it blew again, like, we had to end up using, like, I think two heaters that day. Uh-huh. I felt what you, what you were saying, if we did it out in D.C., and we ain't know the people, man, I don't know. So Very yeah. <laughs> <laughs> different outcome, bro. You had, like, I feel like we would have had this, like, all right, one and done, like, I ain't doing no more. Right. Like, <laughs> don't ever support them, like. They're unprofessional. They, yo, they would have killed us on yeah. social media. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. So have you done more events? Yeah, yeah. Oh so God, I have, have those been. Um, so we did one that was like another very similar to the the first one. So we actually it was called so the first one was called Mix and Dine. Uh, this one we just called it Mix and Dine too. Um, very similar setup except this time we rented a venue that had a kitchen, so we didn't have to deal with that electrical issue. Yeah. Um. So, but. We thought we wouldn't have to deal with that electrical issue. Oh, no. We ended up dealing with that electrical oh. issue again, but not as bad. It just, what it did was just, it threw us off a little bit as far as timing. But um, overall, amazing event. Like, oh. received great feedback from the setup. Every, like, everything was thought out. Every detail was planned. We planned that event for, like, two months. Like, just, I was, like, on the bench at work. At the time, so like this is that was like my job. Yeah. So like I would go to the office, like do a little bit of like act like I was doing some like business development work, but I really wasn't. Right. Um, and I was just planning this. Like I, that was like a good period of time, man. Like like this is actually last last April we did it. Okay. Um. So yeah, man, that that one turned out well. Then we saw we've also done um, we've also done like joint events with like somebody else who might be throwing an event and they're just looking for a chef to collab with. He and I have went out and done that a few times. Um, those was cool. We had one, one really successful event this year in, in, in February. That was the last one I did. Um, that was cool. It was a really, really dope uh, concept. It was a, it was like a, a Valentine, a pre-Valentine Day mixer that you have. And it was like a battle of the sexes kind of thing. So they had like somebody come out and host and just like prompt questions to the audience. So, you know, talking about the typical relationship stuff like sex stuff all that kind of stuff um real cool vibe um yeah that was a, a really really successful event and then yeah so i've done a handful um, yeah and you know post quarantine as you begin to think about what could be next you know do you plan to do more mix and dines or um you know what's the vision you know for what's next you know uh especially i guess as you relate it to the podcast theme with 99 Celsius, the concept is, again, you know, this water heating up and reaching this point where it's like, whoa, I'm at this, you know, the end goal and the vision um, and, until you set a new goal and begin to mm-hmm. inspire for that. But as you begin to think about what could be next and what the the end goal is or what the immediate next big goal is um, and what you want to achieve, like what comes to mind, what kind of things do you envision? Um, so for right now, like I do have like goals and, and thoughts as to where I, where I want to take this stuff, um, but like I, I want to focus on. So I, I'm I'm self taught. Like I never went to culinary school. 
ever worked in a restaurant, everything to like everything I do, I I learned how to do it like myself pretty much. So like I want to like get to a point that where like like yeah, like I call myself a chef on my my Instagram like but like I want to get like I want to get like to a point where I I think I can like confidently confidently call myself like I just know enough um about everything or just I know I know enough to be like yeah, like I'm really like like I, I, I do this, like yeah. So that's what I'm trying to get myself to. So I'm not turning away. I definitely want to keep doing events. Definitely want to keep doing mix and dine, just because mix and dine is like, it's mine. Like I've literally planned that. Jr. and I literally planned that out, from you know inception to completion. Like literally every every step of the way is, you know, we getting everybody everything from as little the details and the decorations to the plates to the champagne glasses to. To picking out the items on the menu to actually going to the store to get them and cook like we do it all and like that's something I like like yeah. I, I don't I don't want that ever to take away from me that's just something that's mine but then I also partner with other people to do events too I do have like high aspirations for it like I don't I don't want to be um you know if, ultimately I do want a restaurant but even a little bit more than that like um I don't want to go too deep in what like what I, you know I'm trying to do um because I haven't told too many people yet, um, but yeah, that's that. Like the, there, there is a end goal for it, um, and it's not something I'm trying to rush and, and jump into, um, but definitely something that is going to you know take careful thought and dedication um, and just you know commitment to, all while still like becoming, you know, a, a chef or you know cooking. Like I, I, I still think I have a ton more to learn. Like I have a, a great respect for the artistry and the craft. You know, people that have like committed their like their time to this, like they actually went to school for this. They this is like actually, you know, how they survive is off of this money um, or the the income that they generate from you know being in the culinary uh, practice. So definitely respect that as a whole. And you know, before like you know, as a person that went to culinary school, they call it, like I don't want to like you know disrespect them at all by saying like oh I just do this like you know on the weekends make some French toast real quick and I was chef too like. Right. Uh, although somebody did tell me the other day, um, like, because I was like, yeah, I don't, like, uh, she was like, yeah, I don't really want to call myself a chef. And then, like, I had to tell her the, the same message that somebody told me. It was like, just because, you know, an artist, an artist painting is not in a museum, that doesn't make them not an artist. Yeah. So I was like, and I was, I was actually, I was waiting for you to, you know, I wanted to hear your perspective, but I was going to give, I was going to push back as well. Um, that's something I've been talking a lot to people about. Mm -hmm. And the example I always give is that there's always a next level to be able to achieve in anything, mm -hmm. right? And I think that people equate perfection or excellence or whatever word that you want to use in there, whatever adjective that describes some kind of level of high acumen or achievement, et cetera. And they tend to associate that with the very act of being the thing that is in question. Mm -hmm. So... The example I always use is Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, and the two of my favorite rappers. And there's a point in their careers where they didn't rap the way they do right now. Um, there was a point where they had, everyone has a first, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when you look at it, when they start then and wherever they end up, there's always some next level to get to. So from the first song that they made, it's like, okay, well, are they a rapper? They made a rap song. But then it's like, well, they don't have two songs. Uh, mm. Cool, now they got two songs, but they don't got an album. Oh, well, your album didn't sell. Oh, well, you didn't go platinum. Mm. You didn't get a Grammy. 
right? And it's like there's all of these qualifiers that we put on, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that um, you know anyone who raps or anyone who cooks or anyone who takes pictures are amazing at those things right away, but they are still they. What makes them that is merely the action of doing the doing thing, the craft, yeah. right? Um, and you know, even when kind of on the same track of that rap example, one thing I was thinking about as you were speaking was someone like Jay-Z, who is an extremely established businessman, but did not go to school for business and actually didn't go to college at all, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, I think training is great and it, it's that path is for some people, but it doesn't always define whether or not someone is legitimate in their craft. That's right. Experience is the best teacher and, you know, I think no matter how you get it, you know, no when someone tastes the food and they love it, you know, they're not asking to see, you know, your where credentials. Your, your credentials, <laughs> like, you know, they, they just like the food, man. Yeah. So, um, more power to you, bro. I think, you know, I, I always think that to keep learning is important. So yeah. I'm not taking anything away from the idea of, hey, you know, I, I really want to learn this aspect or maybe even I want to go to school because there's this specific thing I'm going to get. Um, as long as it's not coming from a place of limiting how you view yourself as legitimate in the craft, um, you know, because of not having particular training. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's real, bro. But yo, man, I appreciate you taking the time to, to stop by, bro. Um, thank you for breakfast. It was yeah, dope. Absolutely, man. Um, I'm really excited to see your journey as you continue to, to navigate the space of culinary, um, and, you know, doing what you do right now, you're half and half with a uh, full time and, uh, full-time work and doing this on the side and I don't know is it in the plans for you to to eventually become full-time in the yeah yeah, yeah? yeah for sure oh, man so I'm wishing you the best on that appreciate it um I will be supporting in any way I can for sure I definitely want to make my way to a mix and dine and um we actually talked offline uh some months back about yep. something I had in mind and I, I would like to revisit that so yep. you know we got some stuff that we can be doing absolutely for sure how can people keep in touch with you um, so right now it's just my Instagram you can follow me on Instagram at Chef Quan underscore um, C-H-E-F-Q-U-A-N underscore um, yeah man you want meal inspiration or you know I, I post some how to videos just quick you know what I mean quick meals or you know giving like time lapse videos so if people could see the the the, uh, the process of, of all this stuff uh, yeah man appreciate any any following Appreciate you for coming on here, for letting me coming on here and talk about not just, you know, what I do for cooking, but just, you know, share my, my, my walk of life, my journey through life with you. Um, thought about some things and I ain't think about it in a minute. So, I mean, it's Sunday's already, it's already a good one. So I, I appreciate you for, for coming in here and blessing me with this opportunity. Man. Respect, bro. Peace, man. Yep. Right. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of 99 Celsius. Again, I'm your host, Marco Quay. For updates on the pod, follow us on Instagram at 99Celsius, all spelled out. New episodes air each and every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the pod with others. Until next time.